Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. Rough winds do shake the darling buds of May, And summer's lease hath all too short a date. Sometime too hot the eye of heaven shines, And often is his gold complexion dimmed. And every fair from fair sometime declines, By chance or nature's changing course untrimmed. But thy eternal summer shall not fade, Nor lose possession of that fair thou owest, Nor shall death brag thou wanderest in his shade, When in eternal lines to time thou growest. So long as men can breathe or eyes can see, So long lives this, and this gives life to thee. Poetic justice you were so new to this life, but goddamn, you got adjusted. I mean, I write poems in these songs dedicated to the fun sex, your natural hair and your soft skin and your big ass and that sundress. Ooh, good God, what you doing that walk for? They say communication, save relations, I can tell. But I can never write my wrongs unless I write them down for real. P.S. You can get it, you can get it, you can get it, you can get it. And I know just, know just, know just, know just, know just what you want. Poetic justice, put it in a song, alright. You can get it, you can get it. Hi, welcome to Question Block. <laughs> the entire week is, uh, and it's it's Wednesday, so, you know. Yeah, the theme is poetry. It's Cunning Linguists. Oh, Cunning Linguists, famous yeah. poets. Uh, so for all of, you, all of you out there who are looking for uh, something to say to your valentine. Or just something to say to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Say to yourself to pick yourself up. We're going to talk about yeah. uh history of some famous romantic poets this evening. So we're going to talk. You probably wondered what inspired their really romantic, uh, dramatic words. So make violence. Yes. <laughs> no, make love. Uh, but they are. Yeah, many of them do have violence backstories which we'll dig into yeah who are you oh well we should clarify right up top because oh. some people were confused we're not going to be reading very many poems it's not a poetry reading podcast we're, <laughs> this is a we're we're spilling the tea uh yep on yeah. these poets so it's going to be more of like talking about the behind the scenes drama history podcast yeah it's it's like being in a um it's like having tea with uh, Oscar Wilde. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, no, we won't talk about the Bible. We're, the romantic poets were, were pretty... Uh, yeah, no Bible. Were they agnostic, I guess? Atheists? I don't know. They were all about the carnal desires, though. So let's, yeah, let's get into it. So who am I? I guess I'm dressed like a romantic poet. I mean, who poet. are you like? Yes, you are dressed like a romantic poet. You've got a skull that Lord, you're drinking Lord, out of. Lord Byron was a pretty boy, so yes. I, I'm kind of Lord Byron-ish right now. Uh, you're drinking out of a skull, and Lord Byron did, like, two drink out of skulls, actually. Um, Wait, really? He really did. When his friend, Percy, when his, like, BFF, F-F-L-L, -L, okay. uh, died, Percy Bitchelli, he wanted his skull and people were like, uh-uh. Wait, did Byron drink out of his friend's skull? He wanted, he wanted it. People wouldn't give it to him uh. <laughs> because they were like, <laughs> like, no. Yeah. They were like, you're going to end up you drinking get, out of this. You get hepatitis that way. Or they were, I mean, yeah. Um, um, but you would have to undo a couple of, of buttons because 
Lord Byron. They like the deep V, the mm-hmm. romantic poets, I believe. Lord Byron basically, like, that was, He's, he was, like, the one who made the that deep trend. V. Yeah. Okay, nice. Um, I guess we should start off by talking about him, huh? I just saw this, like, viral Instagram post about a guy who made a guitar out of his uncle's uh, skeleton. <laughs> and so, like, you, there's, like, video of him playing, and it's, like, the rib cage is okay. the guitar. That's so, wild. I so suppose pers- he's a modern so, uh, poet, a modern Byron of our times. Lord Vader <laughs> uh, way cooler. Well, Lord Byron actually mm. became a lord when he was, like, 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, he, speaking of the Bible, he was, uh, he was abused by his nanny. She would read him these very intense, like, Bible verses and, like, beat the crap out of him. (laughs) Um. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But he did become a Lord when he was, when he was, I think, like, 10 years old from his, his uncle, like, gave him the Lord. You could just inherit a a Lordship. Yeah. His uncle was like, I giveth you my Lordship. He was thy not, lordship. Yeah. So if you're out there, he was he was not castrated. He had mad sex. He did, but he actually he was very self-conscious about his body because he was born with all these sort of minor little like he had like a club foot and uh he had a call, um, which is like a really dope skin shawl. <laughs> it's like a foreskin of your body. Like the placenta was still around him or something? I don't know. That's but, so weird. Uh, a sailor a sailor bought it for good luck and then that sailor drowned. <laughs> yeah. Fun fact, if you were born with extra flaps of skin on you back in the like late 1800s, they would sell them to people as a good luck charm. And his particular one was <laughs> sold take. To, to a man who then drowned. Yeah. Um, so Byron was cursed. He was cursed, but he also, he was conscious about his body because he had, uh, yeah, he, he had a club foot. He was like a little chubby. <laughs> he, yeah, he, uh, he was a little chubby. but then he like, he was like, I will be the hottest ever to make up for my childhood insecurities. So he like became a swimmer. Real ugly duckling here. Yeah. Uh, with the, yeah. He became a swan. <laughs> he became a swan. Um, I read in the minimal research I did for this particular show, uh, I did read that he was bullied like mercilessly in like British private school, in part because there's a tradition at British private that's schools. His friend. Per- that's it? Percy Bitch Shelley. That's Percy? That's Percy. Oh, we gonna get to Byron. Percy. Byron was. Okay, you, you take, yeah. take you, the lead. I want you to talk about Percy though. Because <laughs> okay. Percy. You take the lead. Percy's though. real fun. Okay, continue. Um. Byron was actually very like cool in school. Okay. He his he loved animals, and his school banned dogs. They said you can bring your dogs to class, uh, and he was like, "That's cool. I'll just bring my bear to class because y'all don't have any rules about bears." He got a pet bear. He had a pet bear. I think he had a monkey as well. Um, and the school was like, we we have no, <laughs> we have no rules to, to cover this. So I exactly, guess, uh, they were like, well, you got us. That Byron, yeah. <laughs> He's done um, it again. In fact, the the word Byronic Byronic hero or Byronic protagonist comes what does from that referred to. <laughs> it basically is like sad. It's like a sad fuck boy. Um, <laughs> That's what a Byronic hero is? Pretty much. It's like, I mean, that's how I think of them. It's like uh, the the Adam Adam Drivers 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like every character that Adam Driver has ever played is a Byronic hero. That's one of those like just phrases or words that I've read in like, you know, film reviews or whatever. And I just like, you know, you'll just glide over it and you're like, oh, yeah, Byronic hero. You're like Bionic. You're like a metal. (laughs) Yeah. In my head, I'm just like, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just like at the the taco truck, and I'm like, oh, it's very Byronic. It's your very choice, Byronic. Your choice there. Yeah, taco's a sad <laughs> taco. Very Byronic. Yeah, it's one of um, those words. Bionic. <laughs> bionic hero. <laughs> the bionic hero. That would be me. <laughs> oh, sad, sexy robot would be a bionic, bionic hero. Ooh. So someday comic coming out in 2022 byron didn't write villains did he write villains is there a bionic villain uh yeah uh i mean i guess uh actually byron's doctor oh because byron was like he had like a weird like health thing like he was like hypochondriac so his doctor traveled everywhere with him um john polidori it's cool Right? The two coolest things in literature are both if you show up and you're like, oh, I brought my attorney with me, right? <laughs> like in Fear and Loathing, he just ha- is like brings his attorney everywhere. Yeah. And then, or yeah, if you bring your personal doctor with Which you. Which is Fear and Loathing would have wanted the doctor, yeah. but they got the lawyer. But uh, John Polidori wrote uh, a, a, a story, one of the first stories about vampires, and that vampire was basically... Lord Byron. <laughs> um, so there's your Byronic villain, I guess. I guess Byron's really unique in that when people say Byronic hero, they're not talking about the works of Lord Byron and the characters in them. They're talking about the man, Lord Byron, <laughs> the writer. And same with like the modern vampire. It's not based on characters that Lord Byron wrote. <laughs> they're on based him. on him because his physician wrote a novel <laughs> where he put total breach of patient confidentiality. Yeah. <laughs> Just put him in the... Yeah. The novel. And then that's now everybody's conception of what of a vampire, vampire is. A sexy vampire. Twilight, basically. Like, yeah, yeah, sexy sad boy. Sexy sad yeah, boy. Yeah, vampires are Byronic. Yeah, vampires, they're Heroes, Byronic. They're confused. Okay. They, they're confused. <laughs> they, 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 want, they want you, but they can't have you, but they want you. I do love... We're, we're recording this for the podcast. So I'm just going to say, for posterity... Uh, Michael Farrar in the the Instagram chat is giving a great play by play commentary, and I do appreciate it. Yeah, and we are watching it, and we will we will We're, mention it when it it's comes. Amazing. Up. So yeah. Th- sorry. Continue with Byron though. Um. So, so he has his Baron class. He's going he's around. Baron class. He's writing ghost stories. He's traveling around with his physician. He's traveling. He's having sex with his uh, his cousins and his sisters. I think everyone in Victorian England did that. Late well, eighteen hundreds England, you've. Yeah, you you're just like <laughs> it's <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, sleeping with uh, attractive cousins. Well, that's what he. So, uh, I guess like England wasn't happy about this, and they were like, "Can you can you please leave for like just a moment? Because you're like you're having sex with your sister," and he's like, "Huh, my half sister." <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> where, like, did he go to France? That's I feel he, like he went to he went to. Uh, Greece, um, and that's actually where he learned about vampires. L- like the idea of, of vampires hadn't really been brought to like Europe yet, but he, the vampires were like a thing in like Slovenia and yeah, Greece, and Romania and, and Eastern Europe. So it, they're he, like, yeah, hey, we get vampires all the time, and he was like, 
he was like interesting, fascinating. Mm-hmm. And his doctor was like, go on. <laughs> his doctor was like, what they're describing is you. Yeah. Okay. Well, they, actually, what they were describing is like gross. And the doctor was like, but what if they're sexy? But what if? Oh. But what if it is a vampire, but it is sexy? And then he wrote about Lord Byron. Yeah. As you, as you remember from our <laughs> occult uh, creatures episode, uh, yeah, the original vampires were just like distended, bloated bodies when they dug them up. And they're like, clearly this body that's just bloated from gross gases been has been blood. feeding and is full of, and the blood dripping from its mouth because the body is <laughs> leaking uh, is probably because it came alive last night and <laughs> ate people. Um, so, God, his Lord. is awesome. <laughs> Continue. Lord Lord Byron, um, mm-hmm. he write, He has a lot of works. His most famous work is probably Don Juan, which I swear that is the correct pronunciation. It is Don Juan, not Don Juan. No way. It is Don Juan. Um, and uh, I, ironically, serendip- not serendipity. Byronically. Byronically, <laughs> his BFFFLF, um, Percy Bit Shelley dies on a boat called the Don Juan. <laughs> yeah. So, dun dun dun. So back then, a Don Juan though was like a romantic, like ladies' man. That's what like yeah characters. Yeah, yeah. On. Okay. So. It's an it's like a a poem story. All right. It's like I'll, an epic. I'll poem. talk about Percy Bit. Shelley. B- bish Shelley. Do you want to, I'll read it. Read, <laughs> you bish. You bish. You Percy Bish Shelley. You bish. You bish. Uh, so Lord Byron will just read this little like sexy poem, little excerpt from a sexy okay, so poem. All everyone out there, take notes. Valentine's Day, it's coming up this Sunday. All right. Ariel mm-hmm. will read you a poem. All right. This is from Lord Byron. She walks in beauty. She walks in beauty like the night of cloudless climes and starry skies and all that's best of dark and bright meet in her meet in her aspect and her eyes thus mellowed to that tender light which heaven to gaudy day denies so that's like one of his all right his little one th- one thing that i that he's like f- famous for is putting these really long pauses, which actually are not in this poem, but they're they're like these long pauses, like entire lines of the poem. Are, multiple uh, pages. Yeah, yeah and it, it, women really liked that because they felt like that was like He's their listening. yes, He's that was like their moment. Um, was like, he, yeah, they were like, oh, so he did have a ton of like fans. Had yeah. one uh, woman send him bloody pubes. Mm. Um, cause, cause she cut them a little too close. That's what she said. Um, yeah, she still sent them. I know. Right. <laughs> still, she, send send a different, stuff. send a yeah. different one. Yeah. Grow them out um, again. Just take a little. Uh, he yeah. also had a bunch of homosexual experimentations. Um, but, uh, he had a, like a best bro, Percy Bish Shelley, who you will talk about. Yeah. Percy Bish Bish, yo, bish. <laughs> All right, so Byron, Byron was a bit older, um, and Percy, he was born in a family that, like, I think his dad was just a real asshole. So I think he grew up like very much in debt, and money was like a real issue. But like, 
it's like arrested development almost like you're in a family that like has a claim to like wealth or whatever like it should all work out because you have like a title and everything but they were very poor um but so he he went to school he was like uh he was not cool he was not a cool guy he was like a sad boy but he was like hazed like mercilessly and in the the british boarding schools at the time they had a practice that is called fagging <laughs> and fagging is all it is is like it's just hazing that the younger boys had to be basically like a servant or like a secretary <laughs> to like the older boys kinky but okay yeah i guess this happens in a lot of boarding schools i've, re- I've read about it it's like uh, all the way back to like 1600s or whatever and stuff i read about like Newton and other, like, scientists back then or whatever, when they were at Oxford, like, yeah, you were supposed to be, like, the assistant or whatever for the older boys, like, at your private school Mm -hmm. or your college. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, anyway, so uh, he refused. He was just like, no, I'm not going to be a bitch. Like, I'm not going to help. I'm not going to, like, work for someone. (laughs) He's like, that's my middle name. Dude, that's bitch. I'm I'm (laughs) no one's bitch. Uh, I'm my own bitch. I'm my own bitch. So, so everybody had to like brutal, brutally haze him, uh, which they, yeah. What did they call? It? They called it like shellying or something. Was like the shorthand. Uh, yeah. So anyway, he finally gets out of school, um, and he like finally like came into some money. Like his estate like worked itself out. He inherited a bunch of money. He told his mom and his family basically to like fuck off. Yes. And he, like, immediately started traveling because he was like, London fucking sucks. Everyone's mean to me. Uh, so he he went on some travels through, I don't think he made it all the way to the Middle East, but, like, into, like, Eastern Europe and, like, Mediterranean area. And then he returned after, like, not too long. He was just gone for, like, a year or two. And he wrote this uh, this poem inspired by his travels about, like, a traveling pilgrim called, like, the, what is it, the Pilgrim Child something. Uh, yeah but it was a we'll talk about it was a romantic poem and we'll talk about romanticism and at the time it was like a huge movement sweeping everything it was like way bigger than emo it was the original emo i guess it was romanticism uh so here's this poem and he has this famous quote where he said like and he just like he passed them to like his agent he had like an agent he was like here i wrote some stuff maybe see if you can get in the magazine whatever and uh it was like a huge hit and it just took over London. They printed like you know, cool? hundreds of thousands of copies. Poetry is like a hit. Like people were like, have you read, have you read the latest poem? Well, <laughs> yeah, they didn't have radio or television. Well, or I know, stand- I'm like, I'm just, I know, but I'm like, isn't that electricity? awesome? It was cool. Isn't that it's cool? cool? Like instead of like, have you thing. read the latest tweet yeah. or whatever? It's like, have you, have you heard this poem? I must, I want it. I, I need it. a copy. Yeah. Have you read? Did I'm going to cut my pubes off and send them to the author. A lot of famous great works of fiction that we know as novels today were serialized in magazines. Yeah. Um, things that today or you know you read like Anna Karenina or something and it was like no that actually came out chapter by chapter in a newspaper because like that's how you distributed a lot of like written material in those days so so Percy writes writes this poem so anyway, it's, it's a, a hit the, the women are throwing their panties at so him within three months he went from total literary unknown to the most famous writer he became uh, in london a vegetarian um <laughs> he as, as most pop stars also do. i think had <clears throat> sex with like one of his 
That's relatives. Um, yeah. But he was like really young. He's like 16 or something. Um, no, he was, he was like 19 or 20, but he was very young. But it's funny because everybody thinks that everything that happens in pop culture is new, right? So yeah. like the weekend being the Super Bowl halftime performer, and he's a very emo modern like yeah. R&B pop artist. And like they were doing this in the 1890s, yeah. guys. They had sad boys who were super famous. Percy. Percy was kind of a dick, though. I feel like I like Lord Byron was like openly a dick. Like he was like, we're not pretend. The gloves are off. <laughs> the skull drinking from a skull. Like oh, everyone. That's... But I feel like Percy. I feel like Percy was kind of like. He was like, I'm a vegan and like I care. But at the same time, he was he was kind of a dick to like Mary Shelley, I think. Yeah. Like So let's we'll round it in two minutes, let's finish Percy because yeah. we could take a guest or like we'll move on. I don't want to spend forever on just on these two. So yeah, right. So you were gonna say Percy married uh Mary Shelley. Percy had a professor who was very influenced by and started hanging out with that professor and Percy was like in his like mid twenties and fell in love with that guy's sixteen year old daughter. They had sex on her mom's grave. And they did have sex hot. on her mom's grave. Emo, we told you guys. Yeah. Super emo. And he was like, "This this this bitch is cool." <laughs> um, and uh, so she ran away from home with him. Yep. It brought along her sister because her sister spoke French. Her sister also wanted to like bone Percy. She was like, yeah, that's very clear. She from was the like, from the context, from the like, context of it, it's clear that like some threesomes may have been had, and it was weird. Well, I think like Mary might have but, gotten. Pre- I don't know. Mary's like constantly like pregnant and or having miscarriages. Like she had like seven miscarriages. Um, Percy actually saved her from one of them though, because she was like bleeding out, and he was like he threw her in a bath of like cold water. Oh. Which is like very smart at the times. So a lot of people were like, bit, bit, uh, uh, yeah, they're like, get leeches. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, right. They Percy by this time had like money because he was he was famous, like a famous published writer. But uh, I guess escaped with or not escaped. They sort of eloped and like walked to France. Yeah, with this. That's with the sister. Okay. Yeah, with the sister. sister walked to France and then walked all around Europe. Um, yeah. Uh, Anne of Chelsea has said 16 was an adult back then, but a baby today, maybe due to life expectancy. Uh, interesting but point for, for Anne, just to clarify true. real quick, is that infant mortality was super high back then. So it was very likely you would die as an infant or you might die during while having it, children as a woman. But if you made it to age like 20, uh, if you made it to age like 10 as a male your life expectancy was like 60 to 70. They lived like a reasonable amount of time. Um, no, it's just young for being like writing fucking good poetry though. That's what oh, I'm, sure. that's what I'm about. Also, he died like 15 years later. So RIP, uh, drowned yeah. on that boat. The Don Juan. Live fast, die young, I suppose. Uh, so anyway, then Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein, but that's not a poem. So we're not yeah. going to talk and about that. And she kept his episode. heart. She did get his heart because they knew that she wouldn't drink out of it. Percy, Percy <laughs> She wouldn't drink. Yeah. So, yeah, um, we will all of these you might be being saying like these are all like very soap opera kind of gestures, which is really what romanticism is all about. Yeah. And probably one of the most soap opera ish is our is our boy our uh, New Yorker. Who? 
Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, you're jumping to Poe. Well, we're just going to jump around. Okay. I, I want to talk about Poe because like li- going with the like. Do you want to take a guest? Um, we, we could, but I feel like we have a ton of poems to cover. We could, I mean, we could try and set one of our, we could try and set a guest up with a poet. Okay, we have a game. Yeah. Yeah, let's take a guest and we'll play the game real quick. Okay. All right, we haven't even started the game. Can you explain the game? Uh, I'll, I'll take the it's, guest. It's blind date bard. <laughs> blind <Okay>. bard date. <laughs> blind bard date. <laughs> um, so we, Oh my gosh, Dr. Wires is doing stuff in front of me and it's very distracting. And I can't think when he's waving his hand in front of my face for the people on the pod. I'm sorry. But he was letting our guests in. We're going to play Blind Bar Date. Yeah. What's the game? How's it work? Um, So basically, we're going to describe and maybe read some poems from these these poets and uh, see which one our guest wants to go on a date with <laughs> um, if they want to be our guest but I guess they don't uh, I can play it with you yeah let's do it <laughs> okay so man we really should have introduced this gimmick <laughs> I mean yeah <laughs> at the start of the episode I can play it with you uh, should we do it now I feel like ugh, I really want to talk about Edgar Allan Poe you can stack the deck and pick a random poet <laughs> No, Poe deserves his own his own thing. He he's not part of a game. You don't want to do that. Um, sure. I will. Okay, so I'm gonna actually just read you, um, two excerpts from different poems, and you have to, you have to see if you can guess which poet they're from, which poets they are from. Oh, I thought it was going to be easier and you were just going to give me really obvious, like, biographical hints about their life. All right, no, I'll try. No, it's, you're a professional. You're a professional. <laughs> okay. So here's a, a contestant. I, I won't even give the... Despite the fact we're sitting gen- next to each other for those yeah. watching this on don't, Twitch or Instagram, I'm not looking. <laughs> okay. Oh, I should, like, blind you. I blind... <laughs> I should blind you. <laughs> Um, uh, I'll take your eye out. Okay. No, uh, here, cover, cover your eye with this lace. Okay. That's why it's blind. Yeah. Okay. There you go. All right. So contestant number one, this is their, their poem to you. Wild nights, wild nights, where I hear with thee, wild nights should be our luxury. Futile to the winds, heart and port. Done with the compass, done with the chart, rowing in Eden. Ah, the sea. Might I but more tonight in thee. Ooh. Might I they want to more. They want to more in you. I've never even like, that's some hot. Yeah. So that's a, that is, although I think usually it's men who do the mooring. Um, I know it's a, it's a poetic illusion. Yeah. I know this poem though. I, Wild Night, by the way, I'm just like, did a third grader write that? That sounds <laughs> no. like somebody who has not had sex. Uh, uh, true. Yeah. Uh, this 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 contestant probably has not it's, had sex. It's Emily Dickinson. Yes. Good job. Yeah. Really good. Um, yeah, Emily Dickinson <laughs> probably never had sex, and uh, yeah, she should have said, "Give me more, give me more." I know, <laughs> give me right? More of my 
ship in you. So uh, apparently, a fun fact about Emily Dickinson. Emily Dickinson did not know how sex happens, actually. Yeah. So that's why she wrote those lines. Yes, Anne of Chelsea says that she loathes her, and I really don't like Emily Dickinson. I'm like, I'm not even sorry about it. I don't like her. Mm -hmm. Um, The only cool thing about her is that all of her poems apparently can be said to like the meter of a yellow rose in Texas. Oh, can you sing? Um, I can't sing, but a bunch of like fifth graders can, and they did it. <laughs> they like sang one of her. It's a fun- What's the meter? Do you know the name of it? Um, poetry no, out there? I don't. Uh, it, well, okay. One thing that she liked to do is do these like partial rhymes, and then she'd give you like the real money shot at the end. Mm-hmm. So that she has this poem about a fly and. She loved like things that were like eye and fly and the fact that you have eyes and you're an eye. Um, and so this poem was about I don't know who people it was people about who dying like that on Facebook and it's just infuriating. It was about this poem was about dying and, and she D- doesn't rhyme fully. D-Y-D. It's just words that kind of sound like they should rhyme. She doesn't rhyme until the very, very end, and that's like when the death happens and it's like the ugh. You know, so that's why people like go nuts for her. But she was not. I mean, she was she was really freaking scared of like going outside of her house like ever. She would have done great today. You're like, no wonder she (laughs) didn't publish any of those poems. Um, She like (laughs) maybe she didn't think she was a very good poet. She was just like, I'm just like my hand is moving. I'm trying to look. She published eight poems in her lifetime. And then her upon her death, her sister discovered 2000 unpublished poems in her room. Uh, which she then published. But Emily Dickinson herself uh, wasn't doing a gimmick. She just was writing poems for herself. Um, so oh, not here. her fault. She didn't publish them, you know? She <laughs> didn't necessarily think they were good. All right, here's a bunch of fifth graders uh, doing a poem to the Emily Dickinson to the tune of the Yellow Road in Texas, Rose in Texas. I will play this. Okay, <laughs> deservedly. <laughs> Emily Dickinson would agree with you. I'm tempted to just sing the yellow rose of Texas. Also, they're doing the can-can. I think they're keeping, like, the beat with that, maybe. Like, kicking by goose-stepping. And there's, like, a younger child laughing. Yikes. But it's, yeah, that's... That video is worse than her, her poetry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, it's cute, though. So, you want to you wanna give me... You want to give, yeah. give, give me you, one? Well, yeah. Um, so, this is really more of a guessing game. We're not... Yeah. Well, oh, wait. Give me my like, thingy so I can blind myself. Here's your so I can put my eye out. Which Emily Dickinson had so many poems about, like putting her eye out. A hundred poems. Okay. Poems, not with hopes. Okay. Yeah. To I'm be fair, blind. I'm blind right now. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna. So I'm just gonna read you an excerpt. And yeah, and I have to guess who it is. Those have excerpts in them too. Yes. I don't have excerpts here. Yeah, they they do. A good one. They do. Let me just show Doctor. I won't look. Stop cheating. Stop looking at my notes. They're like in the. Yeah, I see some quotes. Okay, okay, I got it. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Here's a quote from a. Wait, it's a poem. It's a poem for me. 
It says quote. Well, it's, these are all poems. I don't it's know a, why they're even called quotes. No, it's a notes. poem for okay. me. It's okay. It's a poem for you. Okay. It's a poem for me, and I have to guess who it is, otherwise I don't get to go on a date with them. There we go. Okay. You can... Okay. Oh, you can cut all the flowers, but you cannot keep spring from coming. I want to do to you what spring Pablo does Neruda. with the cherry trees. <laughs> is that- Love is so short, forgetting is so long. Is that Pablo Neruda? That's Pablo Neruda. I fucking knew it. I was going to read it in Spanish if you didn't get it. Oh, can you read it in Spanish? Uh, Espanol? Oh, Puedes in- quedar todos, todos los flores, pero <laughs> no puede... No puede... Quedar, how do you say to keep? Quedar uh, oh, la primavera de venir. Quiero hacer... A ti, que la, lo que la primavera <laughs> hace con los árboles de cerezas. What? El amor What? es tan corto. Olvidar es tan largo. Wow, that was like, um, that was like, that was, who's that actor who like, can't really, can't speak English that well. Who's like, <laughs> that like, that that was like Yale Garcia Bernal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, the motorcycle one? Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm like, yeah, that was, you that sound was. sound like Che Guevara. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Anne of Chelsea says that she loves this poem. Oh, and the blindfold, I'm being blindfolded so I can't like see mm-hmm. the poet. It was like blind date. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, love poems are blind. Exactly. Okay. Um, should, okay, let's let's each do one more for each other, and then uh, we can play. Anne can play via audio if we want to. Oh yeah, any any uh, anyone in the chat if you want to guess, if oh, you yeah. want to guess as well. You can just play along too. Play, Pop go. off in the chat. Wait, I'm gonna do one for you. Can oh, I do one? Okay, sorry. wait. Blind, blind yourself. Blind yourself. How about I just don't look? No, it's it's cuter without. <laughs> I like that. Um, it's a little privacy curtain. Let me see. In the chat, Ooh, I won't okay. look at the chat either, so they they can okay. guess, but it won't give it away to me. This is a poet. That, uh, this poet is pretty cool. I just learned about them while I was doing my makeup earlier. Okay. Um. Okay. My candle burns them? at both ends. It will not last the night, but ah, my foes and oh, my friends, it gives a lovely light. Where you used to be, there is a hole in the world, which I find myself constantly walking around in the daytime and falling in at night. I miss you like hell. Childhood is the kingdom where nobody dies. Nobody that matters, that is. I miss you like hell sounds like it's a 19th century poet. Wama, um, you're getting wama. I don't think it's Langston Hughes. No, 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 it is him. not. I miss no. you like hell. It's certainly not a Bukowski because there would be swearing in it. Yep. Um, it's not a Ginsburg because, like, he's got a couple. Yeah, know, it's not different. Ginsburg. Um, <laughs> if anyone wants to guess. another. No, it's, or, sorry, it's a 20th century poet, I'm saying. Right. I miss you like hell. Yeah, because they didn't talk about hell before that. No, <laughs> you, weren't, you weren't allowed to. to until, I miss like, you like H. I miss, I miss you, you like, like the heck. Dickens. Miss, yeah. They just didn't have... I miss that's you. That's so funny that that even phrasing didn't exist in the... Um, 
It's interesting that you think it has to be a man. Mavich was not a man. Yeah, I don't know enough 20th century female poets. It's not Sylvia Plath. No. Right? Because she would... Because she's cool. There would be blood or bones or like fire. She's uh, also Byronic. So who could it be? I miss you. Something there's a hole I walk around used to be... Um, so, I mean, it oh, sounds oh, ca- oh, 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 it sounds wait, like a- wait, wait, wait. I'll give you a great hint. I'll give you a great hint. Okay. Uh, their middle name is named after the building that we live across from what it used to be. Which is St. Vincent's Hospital. Yes! Their middle name is St. Vincent's Hospital. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, I don't, I still don't know if that gives me. I don't know if 20s or... Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. It's okay. Um, uh, she wouldn't have gone on a date with you anyway because she uh, she was a fuck girl. Uh, St. Vincent Millay. Mm-hmm. Named after St. Vincent's Hospital. Legit. Because, like, her uncle, like, got saved there or something. I don't know. No um, Yeah. And she, she was, like, she was a fuck girl. Like, she, like, she just, like, went around town, like, being cute being a lesbian, not being lesbian. This one guy did, like, she went to Paris, this guy uh, who she refused to marry, he did, like, knock her up, and then her mom gave her, like, an abortion in their house, and that fucked her up for many oh, years. I'm not familiar with her. Au revoir. Yeah. Um, she was, she was like, a, a she was, like, the manic pixie dream girl of, like, the idyllic scene in the like 1900s, basically. And okay, received the Pulitzer Prize for poetry in 1923. So she was like a flapper, killing it. Yeah. Yes, her and she was like super into feminism. She tried a bit of feminism. Born in 1892. Yeah, died 1950. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. It was like real, I told you real, all the fun stuff. You don't need to read in the, numbers. In the late 20s. Okay. So that's that's her. Okay, give me one. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Wait, I need to my blindfold. Thank okay. you. Okay. Give me more. Do, do, do. Oh yeah, this is making for great um John podcasts. Up- it's dead air. John Updike <laughs> wrote poetry? Yep. <laughs> um Yes. But there's uh, there's some obvious ones, but I'll just... No, give me I'll an give ob- you, whatever. I'll give, give you a cute one. Give okay. me a cute one. Okay. All right. Here's here's a fun one. Um, tell me I'm clever. Tell me I'm kind. Tell me I'm talented. Tell me I'm cute. Tell me I'm sensitive, graceful, and wise. Tell me I'm perfect, but tell me the truth. Never explain what you do. It speaks for itself. You only muddle it by talking about it. If the track is tough and the hill is rough, thinking you can just ain't enough. Oh my god, the little engine that could! Oh, I would love to go on a date with them. I actually have no idea who that is. Um, this sounds like Shel Silverstein. There you go. Yes, I was like, wait, this is like a child. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and guest Dr. Seuss. Yeah, Shel Silverstein. That's why I was gonna be like, okay, none of they only use two syllable words. Yeah, I'm like, what? Oh, that but, was a tricky one. I almost didn't get that. That was cute. It was really cute. We were talking about, when I, we talked about St. Vincent. 
I'm surprised they didn't have the shell silver scene masks poem because that is a really cute like one of oh, love. Oh, you mean they? You mean the person who who wrote this thing? <laughs> who like put it? I our put notes, our compendium our that notes. we wrote uh, before the episode. Yeah, yeah, that we no, didn't write down. Uh, I did write these though. Like the reason why it says quotes is because I copy pasted oh, that. It was a shell silver <laughs> scene about two two people wearing masks so they don't recognize each other, but they actually were the perfect match for each other. Oh, I did not find that one. I look. I just looked up like Shel Silverstein, like poem, like romantic, whatever. I don't know. Okay. Um, well, we got it. Right. So we were talking about how Edna Saint Vincent Millay was kind of gay. Um, you know, it was really gay, <laughs> and maybe one of the greatest poets ever <clears throat> in the history of poets, ever. Oscar Wilde. No, earlier than that. Yes, but earlier than that. Mm. Who is like the queen of lesbians? Like literally. Oh, Dido. <laughs> no. Um, um, who lived on the Isle of Lesbos. Oh, Sappho. Yes. Uh, so Sappho was, there's so little for sure known about Sappho. Um, and part of this is because a lot of her work was burned, um, and only the poems, only the poem. Yes, and guessed it, Sappho. You're welcome. Oh. Um, only. Why was it burned? Um, there were like a lot of burning of book, like there were like library fires. That was like constant, how, constant, yeah, fire. constant library constant fires. fires and libraries. Um. And, and people would be like, in this republic, we have to, like, burn everything that begins with the letter. They're just Whatever. getting sacked yeah. all the time. You've got the, the Persians coming in. Got they the were like, honey, this is terrible. This and they would just, like, burn it. falling apart. Yeah. Um, okay. But Sappho, yeah, there's, like, so little, there's so little for, for real known about her. Um, but the only works that, like, did not get burned were her works on about women, um, the, which is which is why people associate her with lesbian, being a lesbian, like same oh, sex. So you're like, she could have just been a little gay and these were just a lark. She was definitely promiscuous, mm -hmm. but probably with men and women. Um, but like a ton of shade was thrown when people wanted to condemn her at that time. Like, like being gay was totally cool. So they were like, she, she has sex with all these men and the men are just trying to like, they're just trying to have their, their own platonic, you know, whatever. But then it evolved into like when, when being gay was like a bad thing, it evolved into her being gay. Um, and, but the words like I think Siphonic and obviously like lesbian comes from the Isle of Lesbos, which is like where, where the lesbians she lived. Um, but like, I think Siphonic is the adjective. Mm -hmm. It's, it used to mean, I think just being promiscuous with like anyone, but now it's like associated with like same sex. These are all like, I'm pretty right. They're Latin words based upon like, right. People in Europe reading all these writings that were recovered basically from like ancient Rome and Greece and like shipped over to like Europe and then read yeah. like during the middle ages and like during the enlightenment. But like 
we've talked in other episodes about like graffiti in Vesuvius, for example. <laughs> they found yeah. advertising like come to this brothel or graffiti written like, you know, so and so sucks the best cop. Miss, miss fuck you. But they didn't have uh <laughs> He was a d- <laughs> Yeah, there were like women who owned like large estates who were also like worked as like you know, high-end, like, prostitutes, too. They didn't have the hang-ups about sex in ancient Rome. She did, she had, like, a bunch of women that she hung out with, but, like, so did, like, guys had a bunch of guys that they hung out with, and, you know, Mm -hmm. they were, like... And it was a standard They were, like, let's, like, have sex with each other's thighs. (laughs) You'd have sex with your Um, your young protégés. There's a lot of, they're called Seth, they're called Sappho's fragments, and they're just mm-hmm. like these little pieces of poems. And there's one that's really cool, which is just "You burn me," which I love that. They're so, it's so funny because they're the perfect Instagram quotes. Yep. <laughs> but Throw written, a cute filter on like this with the petals. Two thousand five hundred years ago. You yeah. burn me. Put them in front of a sunset. When was? Do you have the like the, the actual timing of Sappho? No, because we've I gone don't, into all the details of. The history of Greece on other episodes. No, I don't have any notes on her because there aren't really notes on her that are conclusive. So okay, Athenian <laughs> Golden Age, if you recall, was about six hundred yeah. to four hundred BC. So yeah, I'm guessing around then. She was a dope chick. She was beautiful too. Like everyone mm-hmm. was like, she's really, she's really like, mm-hmm. go- she's gorgeous, so honey. Cool. She woke up like this. Okay. Um. Yeah. So can we talk about Poe? <laughs> so Sappho. Was the original, I suppose, Lesbian. like uh, like love poet though. Those were the first love poems that are recorded, right? They're the, so a lot of other poet like Plato and they they they're like she is the greatest poet of all like of all time. And her, if her, her contemporaries were like, come on, like, they're like let's burn respect. some of her works so that they won't, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, she's awesome. And go read some. I think her fragments are like the coolest because they can maybe, here's a fun, like cute writing exercise. Maybe like take one of her fragments and try and write your own poem like with that as the title. Oh my God. I just came up with that just now. Um, Great exercise for yeah. the viewers. So Poe. <laughs> we're just going to jump. We're going to jump. Like we're that. jumping around. Okay. Um, yeah. Because we can't not talk about Poe. And then we'll talk about your girl, uh, Sylvia. We better get Shakespeare in here. Yeah, we will. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's why I'm jumping around, because I want to uh, make sure we hit. Everyone knows Shakespeare. But let's yeah. do some, some Poe. Uh, so Anne of Chelsea believes Poe is bleak but and self-indulgent. He's, but he's awesome. There oh is a, there's one particular Poe poem that will change your opinion on that. Because Poe wrote a really gorgeous sort of fantastical love poem. Yes, he did. To his his doomed wife, who was he, who everyone at this time is just dying. We're saying, a, yeah. A funny thing reading stories of people in like eighteen and nineteen hundreds is that like there are just sickly people who are just like it's it's. This is also true if you read like Russian novels from the period or like yeah, English novels is just like. Oh, yeah, they have to go to the countryside to get fresh air. Their doctor, like, says they have to do that. They go to these, like, baths, and they're just, like, sick all the time, and then they just die, tragically. Yeah. And, they like, go, they're like, <laughs> and then. It was just a Oh, my God, it's just like today. No, sickly okay. people. Yeah. Um, uh, um, how topical. 
So everyone, everyone is constantly coughing blood onto yes. their handkerchiefs yeah. and putting them away. Of consumption. Um, they all had tuberculosis. And I think the air in the cities was really was, was absolutely terrible back then. So, it was filled with coal particles. Poe, okay, yeah. Poe has lived in like so many houses in New York City, which I think is super cool. We actually visited, and by visited, we mean we stood outside and we're like, ah, yes. Um, like three of them, because three of them are in a like five block radius. One of them is on... Sixth and Waverly. It's very cool. Poe lives. Poe lived in the West Village. Yeah, like all over the place because he was constantly Work? behind on rent and moving to. Yes, <laughs> and like they must have not really gone by like they didn't have credit checks back then, so Poe yeah. just kept, kept moving. Well, to new he he places. was like he he uh, was uh, an editor and a critic as well. Like he was like one of the first big, I guess now famous. Uh, poets or authors that made his whole living as a poet, like, and a, or as a writer, sorry, not as a poet, as a, he, yeah, a lot of his money came from, like, from working for, like, the New York Times or, you know, like, being an editor, being, uh, being a critic of other people's poems. Um, he, yeah, he lived all around New York. He lived at the, there's this place called the City Dispensary, which is right across from the Stonewall in like Park. I mean, you clearly can go there, look at that. there were writers before them, but they weren't people who otherwise would just be broke and die. They were like people for money generally, like being able to be a writer, like Lord Byron or someone else yeah. is like, you had a title, you had family money, uh, going back to the founding of like the Americas and the great writers then, like there was always some means of support behind yeah. you. You're from like he, a wealthy family that would support it. His parents died though. That's Poe what was, happened. Poe was broke. And yeah. uh, was kind he of... He was Poe. He was Poe. He but, was Poe. But he made a living as a journalist and writer. Yeah. Which was... And he... He was one of the first. Because, he would walk. Yeah. He would walk every freaking where because he was too poor to take the bus. And... Um, yeah, he would walk five miles each way. Uh, the, the 1800s. Yeah, 1800s. They, didn't have, they didn't have buses back then. The eighteen late eighteen hundreds, the late eighteen hundreds. They did not have buses in the late eighteen hundreds. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I didn't look up the date. I looked up like uh, the character I'm looking up right now. Oh. Okay. Um. So, I was telling something exciting. Now I'm distracted because I'm thinking about Model dates. T was like the early nineteen. Okay. Look up. So. Look up. Why don't you okay. look up the date right now? <clears throat> All right. Why don't you do that? Um. Okay, I think it's actually in this sheet of paper. You can find it right here. Oh my here. god! Uh, so he was, yeah. He the it wasn't like the bus. It was like the auto, the auto something. They didn't have any of that shit. They had like carriages back then. Eighteen forty nine. Died eighteen. Oh, died at forty. Died eighteen forty nine. Okay. So Poe was he was walking around New York in like the eighteen thirties. Yeah. No, but he. I swear, or like the train. It was like the yeah. rail. This is like, it was like the. There was a thing at that time. Yeah. I Poe, I read this a, like. I swear to God, I they, read this yes, like. Yes, they six, had trains. Yes, they had. But they had like a bus, like like a rail, like a. a we had a light rail. <laughs> light yeah, rail. No, system. no. I'm. I swear to God, I have literally read this like. Five different times he was too poor to take public transportation, whatever that was, in New York at that time. Okay? All right. Okay. Are we happy? Yes. Thank you. Um, (laughs) That's like... It's just not fair to say that he was wasn't taking the bus. All right. He walked everywhere. Because... We're fixated on this. It didn't exist. 
um, yeah, he was too poor to take public transportation. He was too poor to get, he was, he had to walk because he was poor. All right. Um, he also was a, he was another cousin fucker. Um, he, and Marrier. Just a little context, right? Like American Revolution, uh, is in like the late 1700s, right? Constitution is 1776. Yeah. Poe was born in 1809. People so were not like, cool with this. Not though. that much later. So when you read The Raven, it sounds like, or like, you know, Poe's like horror stories that are like contemporary, like very scary actually, right? Yeah. The Telltale Heart or like the cast of Amontillado or whatever is like, this was written by a guy. Who's fucking know, his cousin. No, but, okay, thanks. But 40 <laughs> years after the American Revolution, it's like, these are very old stories. It's cool it, it is. how contemporary his writing still feels when you read it. It's true. A lot of stuff from that time period feels very old. But can I just say, like, Anne is, is saying that was the norm. This was not the norm because his cousin, um, Virginia, was, she was 14, I think, or, or 15, and he was like 27. Still the norm. That was not. I yeah. no Everybody people doing that stuff back then. It it wasn't. People <laughs> did not. They were like a little. They were like vaguely uncomfortable with it. And his aunt, um, his aunt though, really loved like loved him in a paternal way and like was kind of like his agent. Oh. So she was like moving. Like people think that he might have married Virginia, the, this like very young cousin, because he didn't want her to like marry off and like lose the maternal aunt. It's like, I'm not going to let somebody else sleep with my cousin. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) It's the Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Yeah. Jonah Hill's character. I've got a hot cousin. Yeah. I'm going to let some other guy have sex with her. That's ridiculous. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I got to do it. Um, But yeah, Virginia was a singer and she, one day she was singing and the next day she was coughing up blood for the next 10 years. Um, and this is one of the reasons why Poe had to walk is because they they were like, the air in the city is trash. Let's go to New Jersey where it's better. Um, so they did, and, and he had and to walk. And the pit and the pendulum, right? Which is like basically the original Saw. Yeah. Um, sort of torture porn. But uh, yeah. But like everybody that Poe loved or as close to him basically died uh for and and people used to call him the raven because he would like wear all black and he Wait, was run gross. that back edgar Allan poe's nickname was, was the raven the raven how dope is that because he was a pale looking man with dark features who wore a fucking top hat and all black and he was known despite being like super broke for being like very uptight about his appearance and always like having like a you know, his suits were, like, glossy because they were very worn, but they were, like, all fit and were, like, well-tailored and everything. Yeah. So he was the Raven. He was the Raven. And he wrote the Raven um, on the or the Upper East Side. Uh, he describes a room in the Raven a little bit. He describes a room. A room and um, there is a mantle in this place that he was staying at the time on the Upper East Side. And he car- he, like carved his name absentmindedly into the mantle and there's the there's that mantle still exists the mantle that he wrote the raven at and i think you can go visit it i forget where okay you can so because everybody i think is very skeptical who's watching listening to the show right now in this show about 
uh, love poets with these roses falling on us. Mm. We were talking about Poe, who's mm -hmm. most famous for his like horror short fiction. So can you read an excerpt of? Yes, I'm just gonna read the whole thing because I think Poe's it's love short poem, enough. Which really is one of the sweetest love poems. Yes. Oh, whoa, how did we get? Which he wrote to his, uh, his cousin who died very early. His cousin wife, <laughs> Virginia. Although many women say that, because right after she died, he was like, I can't die alone. And he like, just was, he was just like calling up old lovers. And a lot of women are like, Annabelle is about me. Uh, um, he was, but I mean, he's very famous alcoholic as well. Yeah. Um, so he, that's why he died when he was 40. But like, real hard drinking uh, at the time. Okay. Getting thrown out of New York saloons constantly. So. So Annabelle Lee. It was many and many a year ago in a kingdom by the sea that a maiden lived there whom you may know by the name of Annabelle Lee. And this maiden she lived with no other thought than to love and be loved by me. I was a child and she was a child in this kingdom by the sea. But we loved with a love that was more than love, I and my Annabelle Lee, with a love that the winged seraphs of heaven coveted her and me. And this was the reason that long ago in this kingdom by the sea, a wind blew out of a cloud, chilling my beautiful Annabelle Lee, so that her high-born <laughs> kinsman came and bore her away from me to shut her up in a sepulcher in a kingdom by the sea. The angels, not half so happy in heaven, went envying her and me. Yes, that was the reason, as all men know in this kingdom by the sea, that the wind came out of the cloud by night, chilling and killing my Annabelle Lee. But our love was stronger by far than the love of those who were older than we, of many far wiser than me, and neither the angels in heaven above nor the demons down under the sea can ever dissever my soul from the soul of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. For the moon never beams without bringing me dreams of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. And the stars never rise, but I feel the bright eyes of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. And so on the all night tide, I lie down by the side of my darling, my darling, my life and my bride in her sepulcher by the sea, in her tomb by the sounding sea. Love nice Isn't internal that? rhymes there. And very cute. I just think it's so sweet because like, yeah, he... It's like his beautiful, his beautiful young bride, like got taken away from him too early. Mm -hmm. um, like Nicole Kidman in Moulin Rouge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's, she, she, and she had he's like, like the, jokes on you. I'm going to lie down by her corpse. Yeah. <laughs> Inside her tomb. So, I, I, but first when you said, it's, I was like, it, finish that sentence. Um, very Shakespearean. Yeah. Should we talk about Shakespeare? <laughs> Speaking of which. Segways. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, well, I mean, yeah, let's get into it. Because right, we've talked about the romantics and this whole shift. But like the thing that's maybe anticlimactic or ridiculous about all of this is Shakespeare is very much like the Simpsons uh, back then. And that like any joke you have or idea or concepts, Shakespeare did it first. Mm -hmm. um, so just the notion of romanticism and being like not logical, not having your love bound by like marriage arrangements or inheritances or like as a political thing, but by like what the heart wants 
It's like, yeah, guess who was writing this like 300 years before the Romantic movement? Your boy. Your boy, your boy Shakespeare. Yeah, he's so good. He's like the best. This is why no one believes that Shakespeare, not no one, but like there's all these conspiracy theories that it was a collection of writers and it was like this person, that person. Yeah. Just, yeah, singularly brilliant. So I guess let's get into some Shakespeare because the, the amazing thing is I'm sure everyone out there knows Shakespeare's, you know, like dramatic works or whatever, the comedies and the dramas and the taming of the shrew and amidst the night's uh, dream <clears throat> and Romeo and Juliet. And, uh, um, the one that I'm named after. Hello. Oh, and the Tempest. The one that actually no one really people are like, uh, you wrote that. Less known, the Tempest. But uh, in addition to the, just these like incredible, you know, like dr- dramatic plays and performances. Uh, which read like poetry anyway, Shakespeare wrote sonnets. And yes! like, you know, the, the form was around, like the style of writing poems, but Shakespeare wrote, uh, his Shakespeare's sonnets are like, invented the love poem, basically. So everything else, again, annoyingly, that Shakespeare was born so early, uh, everybody else had to copy him and kind of follow in his footsteps. So we started off the episode with Sonnet 18, Yes, we Shall did. I compare thee to A Summer's, summer's Day? day. Um, but, uh, the sonnets are all written, too. They use, like, yeah, irony you'd find in a modern song almost, right? So uh, a great comparison is, I just thought this up, actually. This is my original idea. Um, in the Beach Boys, God Only Knows, which is, like, a very famous pop song uh, that's regarded as one of the most beautiful romantic pop songs. Uh, it starts with, if you should ever leave me, life would still go and believe me but what good would living do me? Because the world would mean nothing to me. So it's like this reverse of like, he starts out nonchalant and it was like, but also I would be devastated and want to die. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. Shakespeare does uh, in a lot of the sonnets too. That's sort yeah. of irony. Yeah, so he only beat him to it by like 400 years. Yeah, he was. Uh, I, I have a quotation, but I don't think it's from one of his sonnets. What's it from? Um, isn't it Romeo and Juliet? There's so many classic lines, right? Yeah, Romeo and Juliet. The course well of true love, that one. Never did run. D- the course of true love d- never did run smooth. I think that's Romeo <clears throat> and Juliet. No, that's a Midsummer Isn't Night's Dream. It's a Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay, there we go. I don't know. Why it's don't... one of those two. <laughs> Does anyone know which word? It is the course of be, true love. Never be not did afraid run of greatness. Some are born great. Some achieve greatness, and then some have greatness thrust upon them. To thine own self be true, and it must follow. Oh, it's Hamlet. Polonius says this. Mm. This is from Clueless. <laughs> That's how I know it. Yeah. Um, my The greatest Shakespeare work of all time. To thine own self be true, and it must follow as the night, the day thou not cast, then be false to any man, the course of of true love never did run smooth. This is a quotation when Amber and and Cher like in the car mm-hmm. and and uh, Amber or it's not Amber. It's like some some other like chick who's smart, quote unquote smart. Um, it's, and jo- she, it's Josh's college girlfriend. Yeah, who who like shares a little envious of. Yeah, she gets the quote wrong. And she's like, arguing. she's like, you know, uh, Hamlet said like. Mm-hmm. She's like, actually, Polonius said that. She's I like, know my Mel Gibson. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. And so that's how we know that. <laughs> I'm like, ding, ding, there we go. 
Um, he, you know, he he was he died the same day that he was born. Do you know that Shakespeare? Yeah. Oh, what day was that? April twenty third. Okay. Oh, we didn't. One last factoid about Poe. Mm-hmm. What day did Poe die? Election day. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason. Um, February. It was like February. Yeah. A lot of these things happened around this time. Right? Oh, yeah, that's like, true. Yeah. Poe po died, like, this week, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Poe died on election day, <laughs> um, and people think that he was the victim of something called... A political machine that forced drugged him and forced him to vote multiple times yeah. in the election. They were like, pull the lever, drink more alcohol, pull the what, lever. What a way to go. Also, because you could just write whatever you wanted back then in the newspaper. Some dude wrote, like, a really... His, like, his rival, basically wrote like a really nasty obituary and that obituary just like exists and it's so it's so like catty it's like how dare you like he's like he wasn't very good anyway he's like some may mourn him others may not like but we know poe and we do not know the name of the rival so exactly exactly Um, um yeah do you have other shakespeare facts about Granted, I mean, it's right, still debated. The existence of Shakespeare, record-keeping was spotty. Certainly the Globe Theater existed. Its primary playwright was Shakespeare. Um, He was known, so if if Edgar Allan Poe is known as the Raven, he's known as the Bard, the Bard of Avon. Mm -hmm. Bard of Avon. He was married to Anne Hathaway. His wife's name, yeah. Great in the Princess Diaries and Les Mis, love her. (laughs) Um, If, If Anne hath a will. <laughs> yeah. Anne Hathaway. Uh, he, I think he had two kids. Um, yeah, a lot of people think he was gay. Why? <laughs> um, just because, like, he he had. Oh, oh, I know why. Because there's there is a um, honey. All the great literary talents. No, no. There's a. I forget this guy's name, but there is a a a guy who's often seen as like his muse or keeps coming up in the sonnets. Wow. Um, and he, and like always traveled with him, you know, it was like one of those, um, yeah, he, but pretty amazing. Just the sonnets alone would be enough work for like a single poet for their total literary yeah. output instead. Uh, yeah. Also wrote t- like 20 to 30 epic plays. Yes. Um, should we talk about we don't have too much else to say is the thing. Yeah. Just Cause read Shakespeare. he speaks for himself. Yeah. Um, that's that's a post story. Shakespeare's come, rising up from the speaking for himself. Um, oh yeah. So let's see. Speaking of gay poets, let's talk about Oscar Wilde. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, and then we'll do Sylvia Plath. Okay. She's a sad one. Because I know then, you like Sylvia Plath. And then I don't. We didn't. Walt Whitman. Yeah. 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 Those yeah, those are great ones. That's a good yeah. final three to round out the cast. Yeah. The cast, um, and then we can we can just rattle off like a bunch of honorable mentions and like one fact I'm about them. Do more at the rounds, end. more rounds of the guessing game. It was pretty good. Yeah, it's fun, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's okay. Let's talk about. We'll do the, we'll Oscar do a Wilde, guessing game. Right? Yeah, Oscar Wilde. So, Oscar Wilde, uh, he is known as a playwright, but he. He wrote a lot of poems too. An author wrote the portrait of Dorian Gray. Yes, which is I. This is such a queeny like thing. So he got inspired to write the picture portrait of Dorian Gray. Wilde became super Christian Anne. 
actually. Wild as Ariel will detail. Later yeah. in life, Wild became super He's a Christian. very crazy story that I did very, not know. Very kind of hedonist earlier in his life, and thus the portrait of Dorian Gray. Yeah, he became Christian because he was wrongfully imprisoned for two years. Um, and so he was like, all I have left is God. Uh, so the picture of Dorian Gray, he was at his friend's house who was an artist, the portrait of Dorian Gray. Mm-hmm. He was at his friend's house who's an artist, uh, and his artist, the artist had just like made a painting of this very hot man, and him and his friend were sitting around, and they were like, isn't it a shame that, uh, that uh, the man will age and the painting will not? We should wish that it, it would be the other way around. And then uh, Oscar was like, I think I'm going to write a story about that. Um, when was this, by the way? When was what's the the period for Oscar Wilde? Is this you can this look also through? Okay, look through this and find your dates because I'll just keep talking about it. I don't know. I didn't have the dates memorized. Right, like was this before or after Frankenstein? If you look that up, um, I, oh, while I tell facts, and he's Percy, definitely in Percy there. Bish. He's definitely in there somewhere. There's front to back pages on there too. Oh man, I got. Uh, and right. and do you know when Oscar Wilde existed? Uh, so he was married and he um he had kids, right? He did have kids. He had two kids and he like was a member of a lot of social clubs. Um he was an up and coming playwright uh, and uh the importance the yeah, the 1800s. He was in the 18 all these people were in the 1800s pretty much. Like I don't know when. Um except for Sappho and Shakespeare. That's all you got to know. Um Poe was early 1800s. Walt Whitman was Civil War. So, okay, so say the dates in your head, please. It confuses. It right. confuses. Numbers so confuse. Then, uh, so. Famous witticisms. That was kind of what Oscar Wilde wait, is now best known for. He's known for for being super witty. Um, but also, he did write a lot of love, like, love poems. And he kept sleeping with men and, like, kind of having, like, correspondences with men. But he, he would write these things off as like just being like he's like we're just two love poets like we when we write letters to each other it's just like that's like how we write to each other because we're love poets um he lent his jacket to a friend and there were like some love letters in the jacket and the friend was like what is this and he kind of brushed it off as like yeah we're just working on some bits together um he's not in here that's fine don't worry about it tons of information on him except for the dates if you can, if you want to look them up, you can. Um, so he started to get in trouble right around the importance of being earnest. So, like, the importance of being earnest was his best known play. It is amazing. It's so funny. Um, it's so ahead of its time. It's great. But he started to get in trouble because he had this affair with a man named. Boise, who is, uh, is this like a nickname of his, but his name is Boise. Um, and Boise's father really, really did not want this, didn't want Oscar Wilde involved with his son. And the father had actually was like written the handbook for like the boxing club of, of London. So he was not a guy that you wanted to mess with. Fisticuffs. He was a Marquess. He was a Marquess. <laughs> Marquess of what? Marquess of, Laf- of Lafayette, was that? Sounds right. Yeah, or he was a Marquess of something. 
out of boxing. Um, so we should clarify, this is the end of the 1800s. Yes. This is like 1890s this happened. When we were talking earlier about like Lord Byron, Percy, Bish, Shelley, <laughs> and um, Mary Shelley, that's all like the very early 1800s. That's like 1816 or something. Yes. Oscar Wilde is like 1890s. But being gay is a crime at this point. It is a crime. It has been, it has not been like decriminalized yet. Um, you can go to, like you can get serious jail time for it. So, um, yeah, so this, the Marquis, it, he starts blackmailing Wilde and he one day actually shows up to the play, like the importance of being earnest. Um, and and Wilde and Boise are both like kind of writing this off. Uh, Wilde says, I don't know what the, rules are in the boxing handbook, but in the wild handbook, it's shoot at, at, you know, at first offense or whatever. So he's kind of like, you know, he's, he's pretty ballsy. Um, oh man, we should have really had photos ready to go of all these characters. Yeah. So, uh, Boise. Just him with the cane. Yeah. It's cool. great for the podcast. We got to describe, <laughs> we must describe. I mean, it's a man with great shoulder length hair, really thick. He was 6'3", and yeah. this is in the 1890s, so he he's was, like, super tall then. dapper AF in this thing. Just, he's like, got... a big dude, and he's holding a cane. Yeah. Um, um, and just had an acid tongue, right? Yeah. So like, he was like, honey, my rules are shoot at first sight. His witticisms are what he's kind of best well yeah. known for now. So right? Boise's like, you know what? You should actually sue my dad, because uh, Boise, like, hated his dad. And he was like, you should sue him for like deformation of character basically. And um, Wild Wild's friends were like, please don't do that. You will get in a lot of trouble. Yeah. This will backfire. And Wild is like, I'm gonna do it. And has asked if Wild have any money. And so Wild was Irish by birth, which means he did not have any money when he was coming up. Uh, but the importance of being earnest did well. He was one of the most famous playwrights in London when this happened, this trial. Yeah. So he had money by that time. Uh, and then his aerial detail, he yeah. lost it. He lost so, um, yeah, the trial was really, you know, it was a real, there was a real twist. So instead of, it ended up, instead of Wilde suing for, I think it's called, like, liability, um, or basically defamation of character. Yeah. Um, and it was suing for embarrassment. So the, course act, the court actually investigated it, and they were like, no, wait, you are you are fornicating with another man. What do they call it? Well, Indecency with another male or something was like the charge. The, the, the problem, well, the, the problem was that that, uh, that the Marquis brought to the stand an, another man that Wilde had had an affair with. Mm. And then the, the court was like, record scratch, wait a second, like you are going to go to like jail so then if there you, were, it wasn't during that trial. There were two separate trials later. Oscar Wilde was found guilty and sentenced to two years hard labor in prison for cool. being for being gay. So the his lawyer actually did something really cool, but Wilde didn't, like, take him up on this. The The lawyer um, made a, a brief, like, called for, like, a brief recess, I guess, it, like a two-day lapse before, you know, he was like, let me gather my papers or whatever. And a lot of people think that was to let Wilde escape if he wanted mm -hmm. to, to like go to Paris where it was more acceptable, but he didn't. Um, and he, 
yeah, he basically went. <laughs> missed the. He's like, well, the lawyer didn't tell me. That. Yeah, he was to... like, he didn't leave so, any notes in my jacket pocket. So he got two years hard labor. Uh, and it mentioned that uh, on the on Instagram that he like became very Christian. So yeah. during his time in prison, uh, it sucked. They starved you and made you work super hard labor, and like it it would kill you. Uh, yeah. So he, yeah, despite being like a big guy and like pretty strong, it kind of like crushed his spirit. He became very Christian. And it, like, ruined his health for the rest of his life, which was pretty short. He yeah. lived a couple years after that. As soon as he got out of prison, he uh, kind of, like, self-banished, I guess. He's uh, still to, uh, to Paris. Uh, so he, he, moved, he moved to Paris, and, like, but he was poor. He had been, like, ruined. He wrote one more, like, long poem or, like, work of literature about prison. Uh, yeah. And my dad would have loved him. And he advocated a lot from abroad for like, you know, penal reform or whatever. And yeah. like, that was kind of the end of him. That was his decline. And his sons, it was really sad because his sons like never saw him like during the trial. They like went somewhere. They went to like, I think Switzerland. <laughs> They're like neutral territory. Yeah. And uh, he never saw them again, which is really sad. Um, but his legacy lives on and his, oh, his name was taken off of the importance of being earnest at that time. But uh, that was like part, I guess they could do mm. that. They were like, you're gay. You, you didn't write, which is, it's, they're like, you couldn't have written this play. <laughs> so can, can we hear some, uh, some witticisms? Oh. I know the one, he, I may be laying in the gutter, but at least I'm looking at the stars. Yeah, I think that's a good one. You do can it, read any Oscar Wilde quote and add, know, I do. add honey at the end of it, yeah. and it makes it better. Actually, I do. <clears throat> I have a letter. I have, like, a little excerpt from a letter that he was writing, you know, back and forth to Boise in here. So it's like a I a do recommend cut. after, once you're allowed to, to do indoor dining in New York, visit ah, the is. restaurant Oscar Wilde's. Because they're it's very cool, they're, and they in their read. bathrooms they have recordings of his quotations yeah. uh, and throughout the restaurant. So, uh, so this is a little excerpt from a letter that he wrote to Boise. My own dear boy, I went to Birdie today. Today, uh, today I rode at home, and then I went and sat with my mother. Death and love seem to walk on either seem to walk on either hand as I go through life. They are the only things I think of. Their wings shadow on me. London is a desert without your dainty feet. Write me a line and take all my love now and forever, always and with devotion. But I have no words for how I love you, Oscar. Isn't that awesome? Like, mm. London is a desert without <clears throat> your dainty feet. Like, yes, go off, queen. Um, and then, yeah, yeah. It is a marvel that those red rose leaf lips of yours should be made no less for the madness of music and song than for the madness of kissing. Like, yes. Honey. Honey. <laughs> um, um, all right, so should we talk about... Wait, one more. He's oh. got a... Uh, to lose one parent <laughs> is a is tragedy, a but to lose two parents speaks of carelessness. Yes. A handbag, Mr. Worthy. <laughs> yeah, you got to read The Importance of Being Earnest. Go read it when you're eating at Oscar Wilde's to each mm -hmm. other. We have to do that. That, that will be an activity. Um, all right, so should we talk about Sylvia Plath? Yeah. And then we'll just go back and forth, rapid fire, the poet guessing 
blind date. All right, let's hear about <clears throat> the tragic well, Sylvia Plath. Don't you know about Sylvia Plath? I thought she was your girl. I, I do know a decent amount about Sylvia Plath. Tell um, us about Sylvia Plath. Uh, yeah, so Sylvia Plath, uh, an American uh, poet from the first half of the, the 20th century, somewhere in the 1900s does. now. And like relatively contemporary if you read her stuff. Um, so famous as a novelist who wrote The Bell Jar. Um, so she's really like, what was The Bell Jar? It was like, I guess, uh, like 50s and 60s uh, when she was famous. So post-World War II. Um, so when she was very young, um, just came from like, a, I think like a pretty like middle-class family, but, uh, definitely had like issues with her father, uh, mm. growing up. He was very controlling, but, uh, so sort of to escape her, like kind of like oppressive family life, uh, was, was a writer and, uh, entered this contest for Vogue magazine, which is around in the, like, you know, in the, the fifties. Uh, and she won. So when she was, I think, 19, got to do a summer internship at Vogue in New York City. And it was her first time she'd ever seen New York. Uh, and she was kind of blown away. And also, like, the vapidness of a lot of the interactions um, played a big role. Uh, and then kind of throughout her life, she was, unfortunately, she was, like, plagued by depression. Yes, yeah, so the Belter she wrote when she was super young. And she got out of a mental hospital i think for the first time she tried to commit suicide yeah. so the belger is like semi-autobiographical um i feel like it's like 100 percent autobiographical it's, it's but people are like they're like surely her life was not that terrible at that young but yeah mm. i think it was yeah she got electroshock therapy when she was like a child to like yeah so she was adult. like she was like a a known writer but not super famous writer um, and then in her, I think, late 20s, met Ted Hughes, who was a very famous poet at the time, although I don't offhand know any Ted Hughes. Um, and they fell in love, but he and she, she was like writing poetry then. They went to like writers retreats and and uh, were married for like several years. They had two children. Uh, and then Ted Hughes was a real shitty husband and abused her and like drank a lot and then he took a mistress and then they like i don't think they agreed he just separated he left her yeah um about nine months before she like committed suicide so in those nine months she was like severely depressed and tried to kill herself multiple times by like driving her car into a river uh and she never did walk into the ocean, although you thought she. I think that was into Virginia Woolf, wasn't oh, okay. it? I don't know. It's someone who's in the hours, like in that okay. movie about yeah. all of them. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, like stuck her head in an oven and turned on the gas. Um, so that one worked. Really depressed. That was the winner. Uh, but what was it? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. After the Bell Jar had been published, I think like just a year or two before then actually really it was, yeah oh, it had been published but she wrote but she wrote it when she was like a young young girl and like had just gotten out of a mental in institution Maybe. i thought and uh and in it can't ver i can't verify that okay but anyway it was allegedly supposed about a year before her death and met with like kind of critical indifference although it's now like uh like you know well-regarded novel yeah um and then wrote uh 
in the three months before her death, despite this like crippling depression, wrote what's regarded as some of like the greatest poetry of the 20th century. Like the poem Ariel. Like the poem Ariel. <laughs> None of it's really po- poetry that you can be glorified in. Uh, a lot deals with her like, yeah, feelings of loss and betrayal from Ted Hughes. Um, a lot of feelings of vengeance. She's regarded as a very feminist poet, um, which I don't feel... Sh- and I think she even claimed she wasn't explicitly feminist so much as she was just a really pissed off, angry woman. Um, but she just wrote really visceral poetry. Um, so she's a phenomenal poet. So go read Lady Lazarus, I think, is a poem that will knock the wind out of you. It's so good. Not love poems, um, but romantic in the sense of tragically doomed. Lady, Yeah. Let's see, do you want to read like a little smoosh from it? I have it nope. right here. I like Lady Lazarus so much. I've thought of reading it at a poetry nights before, and it's so good that I feel for me to read it would cheapen it. You want to read a quotation? I from really there? think it's so On good. There, real quick. Sure. Real quick. They're right, they're right here. Okay. Um. Oh, and one factoid, right? Because Ted Hughes was still her husband when she killed herself, uh, he inherited her estate. And uh, to his credit, at least, like, and then they, you know, he, with her, like, executor of her will or whatever, I don't even think she had a will, uh, but executing her estate, published her poems. They were wildly famous and, like, successful because they're phenomenal. Uh, he did not keep any of the proceeds. They all went into a trust for her children. Yeah. Um, he felt really terrible about it, being such a shitty husband. Uh, his, his mistress killed herself six years later. He never killed himself. Oh. He lived another like 40, 50 years. Uh, yeah, he died in like the 80s or 90s. Oh. And he at one point, like when he was like, I think it was 80, in the 80s or 90s, he published a book basically like where he talked about his side of sort of the relationship with Sylvia Plath. And <laughs> it was like a lot of people, I, I think it was, it was a collection of poems, I guess, about their like time together, and a lot of it was his remorse, at, like how their marriage went. Ah, uh, too um, little, too late. And it won a, I think it won a Pulitzer, like or it, it, like did really well. Uh, he actually had terminal lung cancer when it was published, and he died within a year. So he was heavily criticized when it was published. They're like, "You're profiting off of your wife's tragic like, death, no, and dude, you I'm killed dying. her," and he didn't respond to any of it, and then he died. Shortly after. Sounds like a Poe story to me. I mean, yeah, Um, as far as being a shitty guy, I guess. I don't want to talk about him then. Just read a quotation about her. Because that's what the people should come away with, honey. Mm, You can read a lot. Okay, really? I actually don't like reading Sylvia Plath aloud. I'll just perhaps when we find ourselves wanting everything, it is because we are dangerously close to wanting nothing. I like that. That's like my philosophy. I'm down with that. I like her poems. She's like a, a, a it's like the morning song or something. Um, mm-hmm. And it's about like, it's about her being pregnant. And it's like how she does not, it is like, it's like how she does not want to be pregnant. And, and it's like the best description of like pregnancy that I've ever heard in a poem. Because normally it's like, I'm full, I'm a moon, I'm this. And she's kind of like, I'm like a cloud and like, I will be, I will be discarded. Like it's, it's really good. I like that one. Um, that's yeah, like my favorite she one. She uses a lot of metaphors of natural metaphors, but of like blood and bones and fire. 
uh, in stone. All right, should we do like rapid fire the poetry sure. game, or just naming? Yeah, poets? give me, give me a, give me a little, give me a little guessing game here. Let's, All right, what do you got? Okay, do not go where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. The Emerson? Yes! All right. All right, your turn. Could have been Frost, right? The Pathless Traveled? Yes, it could have, yeah. Yeah. He has enough Earth Mother PS. Uh, I believe that's Plow. So, yeah, we're, we're doing rapid fire poet quotations, love poet quotations. Seeing if we can guess them. Just pick one, because we're going to do them all. I'm trying. You know, this little selection or whatever, there's some, like, cute ones that, that we don't do have. Just so do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do one. It'll be fun. Come on. Come on. I'm going to do another one for you if you don't pick in <sighs> 10, 9, okay, 8. <laughs> Keep going. I'm still looking. All right, here you go. Ready? Okay. The best portion of a good man's life, his literal, nameless, unremembered acts of kindness and of love. Come forth into the light of things. Let nature be Walt, your teacher. Walt Whitman? Fill your paper with the breathings of your heart. Was that Walt Whitman? No. Whitman would have mentioned nature. And he would have, like, mentioned life or something. Uh, All right. Uh, Let's see. Give me, give me a that little best hint. portion of a good man's life is the longest. Um, give, give me a little hint. Okay, so, I mean, this is like, it's romanticism, but it, fa- it feels like early, unpolished romanticism, right? Wordsworth? Not, there you go. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. How did you know it was Wordsworth? Yep, the early, unpolished romanticism. Because Wordsworth <laughs> was the original romantic. He was, Word. <laughs> Wordsworth. He was worth it. Um, Wordsworth, late 1700s. Okay. Anyway, start of the romantic movement. Uh, follow your heart. That's, yeah. In three words, I can sum up everything I've learned about life. It goes on. I feel like. Oh, that's saucy. <laughs> that's a saucy yeah. Quote. But it's just not, it's not a super saucy, saucy person. You're just a, you know. Just a, just a, just a dude traveling paths. I mean, that's got to be another 20th century it's, poet. He's traveling it's, paths. It's a contemporary style of writing, so it's got to be a 20th century poet. Um, he's traveling paths that other people might not travel? Roads, Oh, is this maybe? Frost? Yeah. Okay, that feels frosty. Yeah, life goes on. Love it. When was Frost around, by the way? He was What's in uh, he, 1874 to 1963. Okay. So he was like early 1900s. He loved snow, just like his last name. He loved snow in the woods. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. He lived to like 90. If you don't get this one, this I whole don't know. episode will have been for naught. Yeah. I suppose. Hold fast to dreams, for if dreams die, life is a broken winged bird that cannot fly. It's kind of jazzy. I know. Is it? Is it Langston Hughes? Yes. Is that yeah. from like what happens in your dream deferred? Yeah. Something does a shrivel like raise yeah. in the sun or whatever. Okay. Yeah. He's called. He he had a new literary art called jazzy poetry. Yeah. What happens to dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun or does it es- explode? 
Does it explode? Um, should, let's see. We should drop like some Whitman in there because he was awesome. All Whitman was super cool. Yeah, and there's no, uh, what is it, Elizabeth Bishop? There isn't Elizabeth Bishop in here because I, I guess I didn't think of Elizabeth Bishop as writing anything particularly like romantic. Um, she's yeah, a very right. New York poet. poet. These are kind I think of. She has a cute po uh, poem about walking Union Square with the man who didn't love me. Which oh yeah. Is cute. Yeah, she's a very cute. I yeah, I would recommend like checking her out. Um, okay. You want so, one more? Well, I was gonna Walt Whitman. I guess. Okay, Your flesh shall be a great poem. Be curious and not judgmental. You did want to, do you want to give us a one minute summary of, of Whitman since we didn't really get into his history? This is around the Civil War era. Yeah, he, um, he became this like, well, okay, here's, here's the cool thing. He wrote Leaves of Grass, his great like anthology, I guess. He, he'd been publishing it and writing it like his whole life basically. Um, there's so many editions. If you're a real like Walt, Waltophile, um, if you're a withhead, if you're a withhead, then there's you, like twenty different editions of. When you talk grass. about Leaves of Grass, you'd be like, "Well, which which edition are you talking which about?" Um, are you like the 1862, or are you more like a 1870s? Yeah, he he'd been publishing it forever. <laughs> the first rendition, he like didn't he didn't have titles for any of the poems. Someone critiqued that, so then the next one after that, they all were titled poem. Like someone, you know, someone said, are these even poems? So the next one, it was like, nice. poem about this, a poem about that. Um, he, was a, he was the poet of democracy, basically, and he really changed his own mind throughout his life. He was not racist, but he was like a free soiler. So he was like, I don't believe in slavery happening in front of me, but like it can happen over there. But then the Civil War happened and uh, he was a volunteer nurse and he, he, he saw like, he saw very horrible things and he kind of changed his tune and, and became, became very- The original hippie. Yeah. Um, he lived down on a commune by himself. He did. Yeah, basically and a he, single one-person comedy. He has a really great poem called "I Sing the Body Electric," um, and also the song of myself. Which, if you want to walk in a circle and read, you can go to the AIDS memorial on uh, Greenwich, the Greenwich Triangle, and you can walk in a circle and read that poem. And it's really fun. Yeah. Um, By the way, he wrote "I Sing the Body Electric" before Lana was, Del Rey. Before there was widespread oh. electricity, also. So. It meant, it meant a different thing back then. Also before Lana Del Rey. <laughs> also before Lana Long Del Rey. Long before. You think she came up with that? No. Um, uh, yeah, well, he was... Oh, that, and he also... his prologue, my friend. He also was gay. Uh, and he wrote about... He loved men. He just loved... It. He just was like a huge fan of the beauty of, like, of men. Oh, I didn't know that about but women. But also wrote a bunch of... Uh, erotic, uh, same or erotic, I guess, hetero things. And at the time, he got way more in trouble for that because the gay, there wasn't a word really for gay. It was just like a, it was just kind of like a thing that happened and no one talked he's, about, I he's guess. He's funny. That yeah. Um, a funny chap. So they, people were like, yeah, like the gay sex 
poems, erotic poems were sort of like, people were just like, yeah, it's like a fantasy, whatever. But there's this poem about two, uh, a male and a female eagle having sex that he wrote about. And people were really mad about that one. They were like, burn that shit. It's it's Satan. Oh, he scandalized people in the <laughs> with the eagle the 1860s sex. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah. There you go. All right. All right. That's a that's a whole gamut of uh romantic Ooh. tragic poets there. Right? Oh and love poets. For Anne, I know that you love Yeats, so I'll just do one little Yeats line. Okay. Let's I have Yeats. only uh let's see. Irish poet. But, but I, being poor, have only my dreams. I have spread my dreams under your feet. Tread softly because you tread on my dreams. Ah, oh, tear. So cute. Yes. Oh, we didn't talk about Keats. Keats? He died of tuberculosis. <laughs> Keats, Keats died very, at like 25 of tuberculosis. Yeah. He was hot. He was, he was his, a real... Yeah, in his very short time wrote some really phenomenal yeah. poems inspired by like, I guess... Stars in astrology and super into the zodiac. Uh, into the z- <laughs> you know the original uh, Walter Mercado. <laughs> mm-hmm. The the British Walter. Yeah, Mercado. widely regarded as the original Walter Mercado. Yeah. Hey, Alex Ramnick. Yeah. We're just finishing up. Yeah. Our crash course on romantic poetry. So, if people so. want to learn more about these poets, in a sort of visual musical way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what should they do? Uh, uh, yeah, so this this Saturday we'll be hosting at 9 p.m. a uh, an aerial dance slash rave uh, about romantic poetry. Um, yeah, nothing like dancing about poetry. Word. So uh, get it. Word. But nice. Ah! Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe we'll, I'll, I'll see. I've got some tricks up my sleeve as far as the uh, audio is concerned, and there may be a little poetry worked in there. Ooh. But uh, yeah, all sorts of poems about love and being erotic, some about being lonely, some yep. for the single ladies, mm-hmm. some for the couples, uh, some for the throuples, some for the throuples, and more. Yeah, we got stuff for everybody uh, at yeah. the rave, and Ariel will be embodying three different. Uh, yep. romantic poets yep as you perform ariel yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna channel them i'm gonna be i'm gonna channel edgar Allan poe and mm-hmm. do a seance and get two more poets yeah. to, to come live inside so, me so 9 p.m saturday night valentine's eve mm-hmm. uh, great thing to check out with your love yes or your Someone that you want to be your love because it'll get you kinky. It'll get you in the mood. <laughs> yeah. For or yourself. That could be your first date is you're yeah. going to go to our Twitch. Or together. treat yourself. And treat, treat, yourself. Your, treat yourself. You'll feel good about it. Yeah. And I'll be in the chat. Maybe I'll drop some I'll drop some lyrical lines or encourage people to chat with us and write some of their own love poems. Yes. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, again, if you, yeah, if you have themes you want, slide into our dms we may or may not do them <laughs> we come up with them on the fly all right let's let's uh we're let's gonna play it out with sonnet out. 18 oh yes shall i compare thee to a summer's day thou art more lovely and more temperate 
Rough winds do shake the darling buds of May, and summer's lease hath all too short a date. Sometime too hot the eye of heaven shines, and often is his gold complexion dimmed. And every fair from fair sometime declines, by chance or nature's changing course untrimmed. But thy eternal summer shall not fade, nor lose possession of that fair thou owest, nor shall death brag thou wanderest in his shade, when in eternal lines to time thou growest. So long as men can breathe or eyes can see, so long lives this, and this gives life to thee. Poetic justice. You were so new to this life, but goddamn, you got adjusted. I mean, I write poems in these songs dedicated to the fun sex, your natural hair and your soft skin and your big ass and that sundress. Ooh. God, what you doing that walk for? They say communication, save relations, I can tell But I can never write my wrongs unless I write them down for real P.S. You can get it, you can get it, you can get it, you can get it And I know just, know just, know just, know just, know just what you want Oh, 